0: Welcome into the Future Sox podcast. My name is Elijah Evans, and I am here with another prospect interview series. Today, I've got on Tristan Stivers, a relief pitcher in the White Sox organization. Finished his first professional season this year with a 3-5-2 ERA across thirty-four games pitched. After being drafted in the twenty-twenty-two draft by the White Sox, welcome in, Tristan. How you doing?
1: Good. How are you doing today, Elijah?
0: Doing good. I appreciate you coming on. We're looking forward to getting to to know you a little bit. Um, we'll start here. What is a? Uh, how's everything going for you? Kind of right now. Where are you at? Kind of what's uh, what's your situation? You know, as the season wrapped up a little while ago.
1: Um. So right now, I'm pretty much just enjoying my off season. Um. I'm currently working down in Three Rivers, Texas, on a high fence game ranch down here. Uh. Just trying to make a little bit of extra money and also just enjoying my free time whenever I can.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, How was how was the season for you? You know, this was your first – you pitched a little last year, obviously, after you got drafted, but this was your first professional season. You ended up, you know, making your way all the way from uh, pitching in Winston-Salem earlier in the year and then making your way to Birmingham to finish out the year, which is pretty impressive in your first year.
1: Thank you. Um. Yeah, I had a really lucky year this year. I mean, to just have a 3-5 in my first year of Pro Bowl is really, really uh, lucky of me to have. Um. You know, I just try to go out there every single inning – and just try to do the same thing over and over again. And that's just throw up zeros. I mean, that's pretty much my job as a one or two inning guys to go out there and throw up zeros. So, like, transitioning from college, I mean, there was definitely, like, a, a change in the athletic ability of players that I was facing. And it just took a little bit of adjusting, like, the, that first month, two months to, like, really learn how to, like, actually pitch to these guys wh- rather than how I used to pitch to them in college.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we'll go back a little bit like you're, you're talking about there. You you started at New Mexico Junior College, made your way to Texas State uh, for three years after that. What was your college experience like? How did that kind of evolution go from you starting at a junior college and then making your way to Texas State and having a really successful final season at Texas State?
1: So I actually, out of high school, I only had like two college offers, both to junior colleges. Um, New Mexico Junior College was one of them. So I went there and toured the facilities and fell in love. And I Went there for two years. I actually went there as a outfielder first. And like, cause I really didn't pitch much until my senior year of high school. And then like uh one day my uh some some team was there scouting me and they came up to me after the game and they were like, Hey, do you know how hard you were throwing? I was like, No. And they were like, You hit 94 a few times. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, maybe pitching something I can do. So whenever I went to New Mexico Junior College, I started out as an outfielder kind of transitioned into a pitcher a little bit and then towards the end of the year I was primarily just a pitcher and then going into my sophomore season there our head coach Jimmy Durham told me that I was going to be a one of our starting pitchers and I was like okay let's go for it and then midway through the year kind of like some injuries took place not with me but some other guys on the team and we really didn't have like a back-end closer type of guy so Jim Coach Durham was like hey what do you think about closing for us like you can pitch more than one time in a week, like." multiple outings i was like sure love to you know anything to help the guys win so went out there did really successful doing that and then got lucky enough to get a offer from texas state and like once i went on my visit there i fell in love i mean it's an hour and a half from my hometown in casherville so like my parents and family can come and see me and like i just fell in love with like the community there in san marcus and then got there, Coach Trout told me, hey, man, you're probably not going to hit because I'd signed as a two-way. He was like, I really want to focus on pitching. And I was like, all right, I can do that. And uh, got there as a closer, ended it as a closer. And just like over the course of the years, like something that I struggled with was uh, walking guys. And it really wasn't until my first year at Texas State that I finally like something in my head clicked and I was able to like dial it in. And actually be able to execute pitches in the zone and out of the zone and, you know, just start getting ahead better
0: in counts. Yeah, that's really that's a really cool path, actually. Um, going back even further, you know, you said you were an outfieldist. That that kind of changes the dynamic of when you were growing up playing baseball. What was kind of the, the your early life like playing baseball and how did you how did you really come to find that baseball was your sport and was something that you really wanted to pursue uh, beyond being a kid?
1: So I actually had an offer to play football at Texas Tech my wow. senior year. And uh, I, my dad played uh, college football also and, like, talked to him a little bit. And, like, he's me and him, we just decided, like, baseball is probably the better way for me to go. And, like, uh, growing up, my dad was a baseball coach. As soon as I was born, he was a baseball coach. So I just kind of grew up around the game of baseball. So I guess starting eighth grade year, I was a catcher seventh and eighth grade years like that's all I did was caught all the way up until my sophomore year of high school and then starting my sophomore year coach was like hey man like what do you think about third base and outfield I was like yeah I can do that so I started playing a little bit of third playing a little bit of outfield then trying to transition primarily to right field and then uh, my senior year uh, right before our first conference uh, or district baseball game head coach called me he's like hey what do you think about starting tomorrow against Bernie champion I was like all right. And at the time, Bernie champion was like the number five team in the state. So I was like, okay, they had uh, Chris Weber, who is a uh, a at Texas A&M right now. And uh, so they had, they had some good guys on their team. And uh, I was like, sure, why not? And uh, went out the next day and me and Weber went toe to toe all the way until the seventh. And we went into extras. And since then, like I was a pitcher.
0: That's, that's pretty cool, man. You've played pretty much everywhere. Um, and that's, that's interesting that you, you know, had probably a, a better prestige level offer for football, um, but went with baseball and we're White Sox fans, I think are glad that you went that direction. Um, We kind of getting more into the baseball side of things when you being somebody who played, you know, five years of college and you're a little bit more advanced for the level you were at this past year. How did you feel like your pitching stacked up against the competition level you faced at Winston? And then once you got to Birmingham later this year, um, how that kind of changed when you were in Birmingham too.
1: So I think my stuff is always, been there. I think my stuff is good enough to compete at the big league uh, level and dominate. Um, But really what I had to focus in on more was executing pitches in certain locations and in certain counts. So let's say, for example, throwing an 0-2 slider in the dirt instead of throwing it down the middle. You know? Like, at high A, yeah, you can get away with that. Double A, you really can't get away with that. They'll start hitting mistakes. And that's when, like, the competition level, like, I saw really changed was in double A. And after one or two outings there, I made an adjustment and I don't think I, I don't think I allowed an earned run since coming back off the IL.
0: That's awesome. I also, I don't know if you know this, but you didn't allow a single home run this year, which is something that is worth noting because you know, it's it's important to limit contact. And like you said, people, people hit mistakes, especially when you get to that, the higher levels of the minors and, and limiting mistakes means not allowing big home runs and stuff, which you, you didn't all year. Looking at kind of your, your style as a pitcher, you have a pretty over the top kind of arm action. How do you feel like the way you pitch and your mechanics affects some of your spin rates or any of your, like your ability to throw certain pitches better than others?
1: So I'm naturally short strided. I don't know if you know what that means. Basically I don't get found whenever I drive. So I have naturally high spin rates on all of my pitches, except for my splitter. It really helps. I'm a North to South guy, meaning I, I don't have stuff that moves west to east uh side to side needless to say um so what that helps me do is i like to throw my fastball up in the zone like to ride it down at the knees because it stays on plane down there you know work my slider both sides of the plate inside outside to righties curveball same thing i like to backdoor it to lefties also back foot it to lefties and then i got a i developed a slip splitter at the beginning of this year which I've been thrown into both side-sided hitters on the plate, and it's became like one of my main pitches. Like it's a really good pitch for me now.
0: That's interesting that you kind of talk about that that style because you, you see a lot of different pitchers that have that different type of pitch mix where you have to either work the inside outside more in the, the, the East West, like you said, or more of those down moving pitches. And it seems like your, your arm action has kind of played into that, those pitches that move downwards and kind of it, it makes the spin rates even better. Um, is there things yeah. within the White Sox organization um, in terms of like biomechanics or specific pitch data that you are working on? Or do you, how much do you like working on that stuff and how important have you seen some of that hardcore data um, to infect, to impact your pitching?
1: Um, so one thing that I've seen, like we have a force plate mound and what that's helped me see is like, whenever I drive off, like I lack a little bit of power, that's why I'm a little short strided. So like one thing that I'm working on is like my lateral strength and my lateral mobility. So that's just one thing that only and help, help increase velo and stability and core strength, you know? So that's just yeah. one thing that I'm right
0: now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, are you is there anything you're working on looking towards the offseason in terms of your pitching? Is there, you know, I know you said you've been you worked on the, the kind of developing the splitter this year, um, and getting that into your repertoire. Is there anything else you're looking to adjust in terms of your pitches or your your location with certain things?
1: I think the only thing that I really need to get better at is throwing first pitch strikes. I mean, after my first full season in Pro Bowl, that's the only like one thing that I can look back at and say, Hey, like you need to throw more first pitch strikes, but you know, like if you look at the numbers, like you can also say, Hey, like it worked, like you didn't always throw first pitch strikes and you did pretty well, yeah. but what if you throw more first pitch strikes, what will that number do? Yeah. You know? So that's the thing, like, will that number drop, you know, which in most cases it will. If you get ahead early in the count, it's easier to put hitters away, which I like to say that I'm a strikeout pitcher. I like to go for the strikeout. So if I can get ahead, 0-1, 0-2 early, that just makes things for me a whole,
0: whole lot easier. Makes perfect sense. It changes the game when you can start with uh, with consistent command of, off the bat. You know, um, taking it yeah. a little off the field. Um, is there anything you personally, you know, do you have certain hobbies you're into, or anything that you away from baseball that you really like to use to kind of keep yourself uh, grounded and balanced?
1: Yes. Yeah, so like, like I said, at the beginning, I'm out here in Three years working on a my friend's uh, high fence game ranch. So basically, I'm a I'm a hunting guide out here, a ranch hand. So anything I can do to stay in the outdoors. I just went fishing this morning uh, on Choad Canyon, uh, had a great day. So, you know, just anything to stay outside and really not be
0: inside too much. Yeah, love it. That's great. Um, you know, we've, we've talked to a lot of different guys in your draft class in the 2022 class, and we've seen a lot of success. The, the majority of your draft class really had successful years this year in their first professional seasons. How do you feel about uh, the draft class as a whole and just the, the future of that group that you're kind of coming up with within the organization?
1: I really think in our last in my draft class in the 22 draft class, we have some certified big leaders in there. I mean, John Cannon just went out and shoved all year. Tim Elko, Low-A batting champion, champ, champ and didn't even play since, like, when, July. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Burke. God, who else? Sprinkle. Like, we just have so many guys in that class that you just go out there and just produce every single day. And not every guy's made moves, but that's just, how like, how it is in the org. Like, there's some spots that need to be filled some places. And, right. you know, I was lucky enough to be able to get moved up to double-A when I did.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. We're we're looking for. Oh, and Michael
1: Turner, that guy is a freaking okay.
0: wall. Yeah. yeah, I I just okay. talked to Turner yeah. last week, so we've we've had a lot of. Uh, it's it's really cool to see the draft class because I think at the time there was some excitement, but I don't think people realized just how quickly a lot of these players from your draft class would really produce. And I mean, we saw the majority of the class was was great this year, so we're we're excited to see the future. Is yeah. there? Uh, a timeline for you, kind of just we'll we'll wrap up on this. Looking towards you know the rest of the offseason, you're back, you're doing the offseason, you're working right now. Um, what does your kind of training regimen look like, kind of heading from now until you get back to Arizona and whatever that is, February and March?
1: So right now I'm kind of like in my offseason workout, so I'm only working out two days a week, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, just one upper body, one lower body, just something to like. Keep strength because I'm also doing physical activity outside and stuff. So like that's all stuff. But I mean, come November, beginning of November, I'm gonna start hitting the weight room probably three, four days a week. I'll start throwing towards the end of November, um, and then I think bullpen start in January or December. And then I'm actually moving out to Arizona in the mid mid January, so I can start working with the White Sox out there. So.
0: Awesome, man. Well, that's really exciting. Uh, We really appreciate you coming on, and we're looking forward to continuing to watch you pitch uh, next season and see where everything takes you.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.